0: Hi book lovers! Do you want to make this summer your best reading season yet? Then you need to get your hands on the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Summer Reading Guide. This year's guide is chocked full with 45 of the best new books carefully selected and organized into eight exciting categories. So whether you're in the mood for a flirty romance, a spine-tingling thriller, or something in between, we've got the perfect book waiting for you. Now, if 45 books sounds like way too much and you're looking for a more curated experience, the minimalist reads list, features eight must-read books from across genres. But that's not all. The guide also includes fun recipes, engaging summer activities, plus thoughtful lifestyle and reading tips to enhance your summer reading experience. So head on over to thesummerreadingguide.com and download your free copy of the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Summer Reading Guide. That's the word the, the SummerReadingGuide.com. I'll also include a link in the show notes so you can sign up there. So download your free copy today and don't miss out on the ultimate summer reading experience and discovering your next favorite book. Happy reading! I'm Victoria from Biblio Lifestyle, and you're listening to the Reader's Couch podcast, the show that will help you bridge the gap between living a full and busy life to one where you're reading, learning new things, and having fun. Today on the couch, I'm so excited to welcome author Joma West to talk about her novel Twice Lived. In Twice Lived, we meet shifters Lily and Kana, Shifters have the ability to cross from one world to another but they usually settle in a world in their toddler years but Lily and Kana are 16 and they're still shifting. The other catch is that they share one body They're also the same person, and if they don't settle in one world soon, they will risk psychological fracturing. So we see Lily and Kana as they navigate two parallel lives, torn between two families, and we watch them race against time as they try to prepare both families for their eventual disappearance as they experience their final shift and settle at last in one world. So in this episode, Joma and I talk about her new book and we had so much fun playing a game where Joma decides what world she would like to live in. But before we get into the episode, please leave the podcast a five-star rating and subscribe if you haven't already, write me a review if you love the show, and share this episode or any of your favorite episodes with your bookish friends, because it really helps the show and I'll be forever grateful for it. So thanks in advance, and now on to the episode with author Joma West. (laughs) Hi, readers. Welcome again to the Reader's Couch. I'm your host, Victoria Wood, and here on the couch with me to talk about her science fiction and fantasy novel, Twice Lived, is author Joma West. Hi, Joma. Welcome to the Reader's Couch. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. Yay! I'm super excited to have you here. Really, really enjoyed Twice Lived. Uh, But how are you feeling about this one? It's now available. Readers can get their hands on a copy. How has the experience been so far?
1: Um, Well, I think you're the first person I'm talking to that has read it outside of friends and family. Uh, So I'm quite excited to have this chat. Um, I'm just really hoping that people like it. Uh, It's very different from my last book. So uh, it's not what people who liked that will be expecting, I think.
0: Okay, well, I'm excited about it. I can't wait for more readers to pick up this one so we can chat about it too. Uh, But tell our listeners about Twice Lived. What's your elevator pitch? And what can readers expect when they pick up a copy? Yeah,
1: I'm still not very good at the elevator pitch. Um, But I would say it's um, a book that straddles two worlds. But People can't move between those worlds unless they're shifters and shifters will normally stop shifting at toddler stage. But we have these two main characters, Kanna and Lily, that are still shifting up into their teens. And part of that is because neither of them will accept that they're the same person. They're two identities in one body. But they find out that they can't sustain their um, life anymore. So one of them has to settle. And so it's really a fight between them about who gets to live.
0: Yes, and I found it quite interesting that you gave us these characters, Lily and Kana, and the fact that they—they're not realizing they're one person. They're alternate Earths, and they're shifting between each. They have their own separate lives in each of these worlds. I have to say, it was super hard for me (laughs) to choose a favourite. I I try sometimes, uh, but this one was a real, real struggle. So I want to know, who was your favourite? But also, what inspired this story of splitting uh, this character into two?
1: I don't have a favourite between Hannah and Lily, I don't think. But I do have a favorite character. I think my favorite character is actually Cynthia. But I tried to write a novel where all of the characters were really likable. I think partly because my last novel, all the characters were really hateable. And I wanted to just spend some time with some nice people. And because of that, it was actually I kept on picking favorites uh, and shifting between all of them. So I really do love all of them a lot. Yeah. And the idea for the book, um, to be honest, I was writing another story with a character called Canna Lily. And she had a mother called Cynthia and a little sister called Loretta. Um, but the story kept on drifting to a different character. And I didn't want to write about him because I wasn't interested in him. So I thought, well, Obviously, I need to give up on this. I need to think of something new. And I was just sort of lying in bed going, I need to think of an idea. I need to think of an idea. And then this came. Um, And then that sounds like it happened sort of all at once. But I think I was interested in those sort of fractured identities beforehand. And I'd written some short stories about that. So it was sort of a natural progression.
0: Right, right. OK, well, I was thinking about it also in a realistic sense in that see them kind of just going through the everyday things that we go through as as human beings, as individuals, you know, dealing with family, dealing mm-hmm. with friendship, uh, dealing with identity and also then breaking the news to their respective families that, hey, this might not go well or as planned and kind of preparing their families for that. Uh, the closest thing I could think of is just preparing just us regular human beings when we have a family member or a friend who isn't doing well, who is ill. Uh, tell me about the parallels between just real life, but also with the shifters.
1: Uh, yeah, I wanted the parallel worlds to be as similar as possible because um, I didn't want the two characters to be code switching too much um, and having to adapt too much. So the main difference I try to communicate is that the seasons don't quite match up between their worlds. And I like to think there would be subtle differences in everyday life for, for everyone, like almost like being in a different country. That's sort of, yeah, I don't know what it would be like being an ordinary person in a world like this.
0: Yeah, that would be incredibly difficult, I'd say. I have to shout out your cover designer. Um, I would be remiss not to do so. I love the two flowers. Um, was this something you collaborated on? I love the yellow, the red, and, and just a split in the middle. It, it, I think it's simple, yet stunning.
1: I absolutely love this cover. I had nothing to do with it. It's all the designer, um, and I'm just really thrilled. It's so beautiful.
0: Yay, I'm so happy to hear it. So as readers can tell, just by looking at the cover and just seeing the pitch, two worlds, two minds, one life, they can kind of gather a bit from it and also from our chat as well. So I want to shake things up and play a game. And it's going to be what world would Joma want to live in? Because, again, both of uh, our characters, Kana and Lily, are straddling these two worlds. And eventually they'll have to settle into one. So I'm going to list some rapid fire prompts and you're going to tell me what world would you like to live in? Because in this world, you can only have one. You can't have two. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's start with the seasons, shall we? Would you prefer springtime or fall?
1: You picked my two favourite seasons. (laughs) Probably spring
0: spring okay so that let's uh do the reverse would you prefer summer or winter oh winter okay food and drink do you want to live in a world where everything is sweet or savory savory fruits or veggies fruits coffee or tea coffee tacos or pizza pizza super salad uh a salad all the time yeah <laughs> last one dessert or no dessert
1: oh uh, I'd pick starters over dessert
0: oh okay yeah that's a good one actually yeah yeah okay so activities would you prefer to live in a world where you can only run or walk walk <laughs> singing or dancing uh singing reading or writing Oh, uh, reading okay fishing or gardening gardening are we playing chess or checkers chess okay tv shows or movies movies all right so we're going into fashion and style um do you want to live in a world where high heels are flats flats okay pants or shorts
1: uh pants i think trousers yeah
0: yeah mm -hmm. dress or skirts uh dresses straight hair or curly hair curly okay long or short hair (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) well i guess (laughs) okay um t-shirts or sweaters jumpers t-shirts okay and now we're going to travel are we going by plane or boat oh boat Okay, are we taking the bus or the train? Train. Aquarium or zoo? Oh, probably aquarium. Okay, would you prefer a play, going to a play, or a musical? A play. Okay, and travel alone or travel with others? Probably alone. Okay. And our last set are just really random. Do you prefer fantasy or drama? Fantasy. Okay. Morning person or evening?
1: Ooh, I'd say I was a morning person, but I'm very bad at getting up. But when <laughs> I'm up, I'm a morning person.
0: When you're up, you're a morning person. Okay. Would you rather go forward in time or go back in time? Ooh, maybe back. Okay, ability to fly or the ability to read minds? Ooh, flying. And last one Halloween or Christmas? Halloween. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for playing. (laughs) That was fun, yeah. Yay, I really enjoyed hearing your responses. Okay, so let's get into your writing life. I know you said at the top of the show that readers of your previous book, Face, I'm assuming it's that one, I haven't read it, to be fair, Uh, but what would you say are the similarities and differences between Face and Twice Lived?
1: Um, In terms of similarities, I mean, uh, I think with almost all my work, I really enjoy showing different perspectives. So um, there's always characters with different points of view. So face each chapter is a different point of view. And with this, um, both the mothers, Cynthia and Georgia, Kanna and Lily all get their points of view sort of highlighted. So that's the closest similarity. The differences are very much in terms of character. Um, the world of Face is very cold, whereas in Twice Lived, um, there's a lot of warmth there. And I really wanted to have warm families, warm friendships. I wanted the humanity to really shine through, whereas in Face, everyone's quite alienated and they're afraid to make those human connections.
0: Right, gotcha. Well, for listeners who might not be familiar with FACE, what would you say is your elevator pitch for that one? What can readers expect? Uh, So FACE is set in a world
1: where human touch is taboo. Um, Everyone is hyper online uh, to the extent that they're plugged in all the time. And uh, the book takes place over nine months um, where a, a woman and her partner decide to pick a baby out of a catalog and it's about sort of the things that happen after that choice is made.
0: And I'm curious because now we have twice lived, which I absolutely love the pitch for face has me saying, okay, you need to read that yesterday because I I'm, I'm very fascinated by people who are always online, always plugged in Mm -hmm. and you're picking a baby from a catalog. Okay. Yeah. I'm sold. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're readers and we tend to be a bit greedy. Are you working on any other books right now? Any other projects? Anything you can share?
1: Uh, I have a manuscript that's going out on submission at the moment, uh, which I'm incredibly excited about. It really feels like the book of my heart. So I'm really hoping that a publisher is going to pick it up. Um, It doesn't have a, a title at the moment. It's got a working title. It's called The Waiting Room. And ooh, I don't know how much I should say about it, actually. <laughs> um, but while that's going out on submission, I've just started working on another book and both of them are incredibly like a lot more fantasy oriented, a lot less science fictiony.
0: What would you, what can you say about the themes then? Cause I get you don't want to give away too much on a, I'm going to just call it waiting room for now. Uh, what themes is it set in an alternate world and what are we exploring maybe? Uh, so it's, it's set both uh,
1: in our world and sort of in a mental landscape. Um, and I'm exploring sort of the relationship between health and survival and art and how art is sort of integral to our well-being
0: all right okay when I heard waiting room I was wondering like is it the waiting room to another life or something Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah it's a bit more like uh illness
0: oriented I think illness got it (laughs) yes like the doctor's office got it Mm -hmm. all right you're in the waiting room um but looking back though because you do have face you have twice lived if you could and you have a book on submission what would you tell your younger writing self if anything looking back
1: so um my my bar will tell you that I probably wouldn't listen to any advice at any point in my life um so if I went back to talk to my youngest well I think that I was making a lot of writing mistakes from a young age I'm still making writing mistakes now but uh you need to go through that development in order to get to where you are. So I don't think I'd have that much advice for my younger self. I feel like I was doing what I could at the time. So I think I'd just tell myself to hang in there
0: that's advice that works and and to be fair look I'm that person who probably wouldn't take any advice myself Mm -hmm. if I went back to my younger version either so you're not alone in (laughs) that regard I, my mother would tell you how stubborn I am so yeah similar (laughs) this wouldn't happen wouldn't happen okay so I want to get into your reading life because even though we're here to talk about your book, Twice Lived, I want to know about the books that you're reading. So Mm -hmm. tell me about the last book or books that you finished reading that you'd now recommend.
1: So I've been in a sort of really glorious reading period. I've been reading so much that's really great. So it's really hard to to recommend anything because I want to recommend everything. Um, One of my favorites over the last couple of years has been The Master of Poisons by Andrea Hairston, uh, which was just this really rich, evocative, original fantasy world. I absolutely loved A History of What Comes Next by Sylvain Novell, because his characterization is just incredible and he's just so smart. I've been really enjoying the Combat Code series by Alexander Darwin. Lots of really great action in it. And um, this book is actually coming out in February. It's called 13 Ways to Kill Lula Bell Rock by Maud Wolfe. And uh, so I managed to read an early copy of that. And I really hope that everyone buys it because it's fantastic.
0: Ooh, I'm excited. 13 Ways to Kill Lula Bell Rock. Mm, yeah, Okay. Awesome. I'm adding that to my reading list right now. Okay. um, What were your favourite childhood books that you can remember? I have always been obsessed with books. Um,
1: and I think one of my all-time favourite childhood books, I don't know how to pronounce the author's name. Uh, it's a Brazilian name. I think it's Ligia Bujunga nunes but I probably butchered that. Um, she wrote a children's book called The Companions, about a grizzly bear and a rabbit and a poodle that start an unlikely family. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was obsessed with that. I take my copy with me everywhere I travel to um, and I read it regularly. Um, I'm also a massive Peter Pan fan, uh, which I imagine most people are actually.
0: (laughs) Yes, Peter Pan is a favorite for sure. Uh, What books are you looking forward to reading in the year ahead though? I
1: am really looking forward to Calypso by Oliver Langmead. Um, It's, I think, his second book in verse. And the first one, Dark Star, was just so gorgeous. So I'm really excited to see what he does with that. Uh, The Tusks of Extinction by Ray Naylor sounds really cool. I'm very intrigued by it. And the cover is also really gorgeous. And what else? Um, there's so many, uh, on the lists that I've been looking at. Uh, there was something called Womb City that just sounds absolutely wild. And, uh, I'm really excited to see that. Uh, I'm also going to butcher the author's name, uh, Tlotlo Samase, I think. But yeah, anyways, uh, I hope that I didn't say that too
0: badly. <laughs> I butcher names on a regular, (laughs) but I will get the right name and have links in the show notes. So uh, you can find copies of those books as well. Uh, But also on the show, we have readers who are obviously, we're unique, so we're at different stages in a reading life some people are struggling to find time to read some readers are reading but they fall into slumps from time Mm -hmm. to time so what advice would you give to someone who one wants to incorporate more reading in their lives and they're struggling to find the time but also to someone who's listening and they might be in a reading slump you know what advice would you give them what tips have worked for you
1: Um, I actually, my best friend was a massive reader, like growing up. um, But a couple of years ago, we were chatting and he said he'd been struggling to focus and enjoy books for a long time. So I actually I asked him what he was struggling with most, which was focus and concentration. So I made a book list for him focusing mostly on novellas which gave him really a lot of quick wins and it introduced him to a whole new set of authors. And now he reads a lot more than me. He's a lot faster than I am. So uh, actually, I think he's on BookTok now. So <laughs> that went really well. Um, but yeah, I guess if I was um, wanting someone to get back into reading, I would ask them what their comfort genres are what kinds of stories used to keep them up at night just so they had to turn the page and maybe to reread an old favorite first and then look for things that are in a similar bracket because sometimes you just want something comforting and easy. I think setting challenges can be good motivation. Like I'll read X amount of books this year, but not to set that goal too high because it has to be achievable. Otherwise you'll just get disheartened.
0: Yes, I agree with that, especially the quick wins a bit, because absolutely, I always recommend novella, short story collections, just bite sized things that um, my friends can fly through as well.
1: Yeah, just to remind you why you love it, you know. Yes,
0: yes. I think we need that reminder. I think as we... I don't know, maybe as we get older, we think we need to be reading the serious books, the big books. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a place for that because I do love them as well. But sometimes, you know, we 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 do need that easy. We need that comfort because I am a huge proponent for rereading as well. Mm. Uh, so just revisiting those worlds we're familiar with that we love seeing old friends as I like to uh, think of them. So, yes, absolutely. Co-sign that 100 percent. Uh, But on the show, we're also big lovers of indie bookstores. So share with our listeners some of your favorite indies. So in Glasgow, where I live, um,
1: there are three secondhand bookshops that are within a stone's throw of each other. So I really like going to them in order. So I'll usually start at Caledonia Books, which is this beautiful family run uh, upstairs, downstairs. It's got a wood-burning fireplace in it and everything. Um, And then I'll move down to Thistle Books, which is another family run one, which is also a great treasure trove. And then I'll usually go to Voltaire and Rousseau's, which is the most chaotic place I've ever seen. Like you, you, you can probably hardly get half the books you're trying to get to because they're stacked so precariously underneath each other. Um, But yeah, so I usually go to those three bookshops. Um, They're the ones I like the most.
0: Yay, awesome. Thanks for sharing. So getting back to your book, Twice Lived, what are you hoping readers might think or feel or just what what are some reactions you're hoping readers might have after they've turned the last page?
1: Um, I want people to be sad
0: (laughs) and maybe a
1: little bit angry at me. Um, Yeah, I I think um, I've had various reactions to the ending and generally it is uh, quite a few people have been a bit cross about how things um, turn out. But what I want generally is for everyone to feel like the ending was the way it was supposed to be, because I can't imagine writing it any other way
0: readers i hope you'll give this one a go it's twice lived by joma west joma thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking with me it's been an absolute pleasure
1: oh thank you so much Uh, thank you for inviting me it's been lovely
0: Thank you so much for listening to the reader's couch podcast please subscribe to the show share it with a friend and take a few seconds to leave a rating and review until next time stay lounging stay reading and whenever you're in doubt go straight to your local bookstore or library thanks again for listening and happy reading